This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish in the Anglican Church of North America in Houston, Texas. Find us online at holytrinityrec.org. Find us on Facebook as Holy Trinity Houston, and on Twitter and Instagram as Holy Trinity REC. Enjoy the sermon. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This line in our epistle lesson in 1 Peter is most beautiful and encouraging concerning what Jesus Christ has accomplished for all of us. We find ourselves now in the midst of the Easter season. The season, just like Lent, is 40 days, but now 40 days of comfort, joy, and the proclamations by Jesus to us from the Gospels that he also sends us out as his disciples to do as he did, to preach to the lost sheep throughout the world. These 40 days are marked by recalling all that the resurrection means and applies for us, calling us as well to reach the lost in the midst of a dark and stormy world. God prepares us in this season amidst our joy at the resurrection of Christ and our own future resurrections for the daily grind of encountering sin with the light of Jesus Christ. Rest assured, as we all know, storms are always imminent on this side of eternity as we contend against the world, the flesh, and the devil. The preparation we undergo in worship and study of his holy word serve to help us deal with the sufferings we will undergo, and also how to convey hope to the lost stuck in the same storms without hope. Today, let us focus on what our lessons focused on, how Jesus protects us and leads us as our good shepherd. First, as we survey our lessons today, one clear point we face in this fallen world as fallen people is that we are all prone to stray, to scatter, or to become lost. We in our sin nature, apart from the grace of God, do not know what is good for us. Ezekiel 34 verse 32 provides two uses of the idea of scattering. First part of verse 12 states, when he is among the sheep that have been scattered. And then the last part of verse 12, where they have been scattered, on a day of clouds and thick darkness. Storms of this life that we all experience have the potential of scattering us from the fold for a season. One example that we read of in the, in the Gospels especially is of the disciples and how the storm and the darkness of the death of Jesus Christ on Good Friday scattered them. Many of the resurrection accounts that we read of Jesus, he appears to his disciples in places such as behind locked doors and hiding for fear of the Jews. Part of his post-resurrection ministry before his ascension was to gather his scattered followers and disciples to prepare them for the commissioning that was to come so that they would go throughout the world to preach the gospel. Jesus does the same for us to this day that fall into the category of scattering for various reasons. As we read in our psalm today in verse 1, Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? And even rulers, in verse 2, set themselves against God and his anointed. 
such upheavals in our lives, whether the storms on the small scale of our personal lives or the storms on the large scale of nations can cause God's people to scatter. We read in the early church, undergoing wave upon wave of persecution where they met in homes and other places as the church to worship, scattered from time to time from public meetings. We read, we read to this day of vibrant churches throughout the world, underground churches in oppressive regimes that still meet to worship and serve Jesus Christ. Other times of scattering are so severe as the disciples experienced at the death of Jesus that they went into hiding. Jesus, as we know, found them as he finds us, calling us from being scattered to go forth again in his name for ourselves to seek the scattered that have not been found yet to come and worship with us again as his body. Our gospel in John 10 verse 12 spoke of wolves that seek to devour the flock to scatter them. Sometimes the infiltration of enemies within the people of God is so severe that the, that the flock scatters. I've heard countless stories and seen several people over the last few decades in the church of good Christian folks lamenting and thus being scattered out of their own churches due to wolves that have come in to push out sound biblical doctrine and bring in heresy and apostasy. They run, they scatter. Even with such harsh times of scattering, the scattered are brought back together into the fold, the safe fold, to grow again. It's our role as believers to pray for these folks, to tell them when we encounter them that they are indeed our safe places to worship God in which the wolves have not entered or have been driven out. It has been heartbreaking of hearing and seeing people I know of the faithful that were scattered, that did not feel safe to go back into a church for 10 to 20 years. Our call is to be watchful even for the scattered we may know or may come in contact with to pray for them, and to offer them renewed hope that God never gives up, that he always provides a safe refuge. Another element here is found in our passages are those that were lost or have strayed, as Ezekiel 34, 16 related. Unfortunately, there are times where the wolves also gain short-term victories to cause even God's people to stray from God for a time to be lost as we noted last Sunday, one camp in early Christianity was known as the Donatists, rigorists. They taught that once someone strays and is lost due to the influences of false teachers, that they should just be written off, cast off, and never allowed back to the church, even if they repent. Scripture is full of examples that condemn such vengeance found in the church. Thank God that he is the one that seeks even the stray and the lost. This brings us to the next emphasis of the good shepherd as found in our passages today, that Jesus searches for and seeks the lost, the strays and the scattered. While some think of, that God should only go after the scattered, scripture paints a different picture for us. We must as the church forever be reminded of the parable of the prodigal son and how God treats even the runaways, the strays, and the lost that come back. Thank God that our plights are not in the hands of 
Donatists of our own day, too full of themselves and their own self-righteousness. It is Christ alone in his timing and power that seeks even those that are lost or were led astray. As verse 16 of our lesson in Ezekiel states, I will seek the lost, while sinful human beings seek to write off the one in 99 as too costly to seek. Scripture calls us to patient prayer and waiting on God as he works on the strays and the lost. Again, as we said last week, a tactic used of this world in place is to place artificial timelines upon people, to say things like, you have X amount of time to make a decision. God, in his redemption of us, as well as seeking to rescue us, has the only timeline that matters, the only timeline that's legitimate. Not one person can see inside the mind of God to ascertain his timeline. Just as no one can know the time of the return of Jesus Christ, no one can know the timing of God when he will deal with and bring the lost back. Rather, our call is to actively pray and seek and wait on God to work in his timing. Closely related to the Lord as our good shepherds work to seek us is the fact that after he has found us, he rescues us and heals us. The way the sinful world works is often to put in the work to search for others, to then stop short, to let the newly found fend for themselves. Often when searching turns to a success, working and rescue of someone and healing of someone becomes burdensome and tiring and too expensive for sinful humanity to complete the rescue. We see this throughout our own history. During the occupation of Warsaw, Poland by the Nazis in World War II, the Poles waited and prayed for the arrival of liberators for almost five long years. And finally, when the Soviet army arrived at the outskirts of the city across the river, the people within the city rose up against their Nazi occupiers in a 63-day battle. Their hopes in the Soviets coming to their rescue were shattered as Joseph Stalin ordered the Soviet army to sit, wait, and watch. The uprising was stamped out while the Soviets benefited from the Nazis becoming weakened. Often worldly searching stops short of actual rescue. We must be careful that we as Christians do not treat the found in a similar manner. To be told once we find them to fend for themselves and to get themselves cleaned up and nourished and presentable enough to meet with us, to meet our standards before they're allowed back into the church, our man-made standards. This is why we as the church must take up the example of how Jesus rescued all of us, healed us healed us of our wounds, as 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 reminds us. And as John 10, 11 reminds us, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Part of our mission as the church is not only to search for, but to rescue the lost, to aid in their recovery from the ravages of sin, to bind them up, to treat them, to bring them back into the church with us. As Ezekiel 34, 16 states, I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. 
The scope of this is from all the peoples of the world, from all the countries of the world, as Ezekiel related. Too often the church acts as if lost and strayed brothers and sisters need to nourish and bring themselves back to a certain point before they're allowed back into the church. If anything, this sober warning in Ezekiel in the midst of God healing us and finding us and rescuing us is, needs to be heeded in the way we treat one another. And the fat and the strong, I will destroy. The last verse in our gospel speaks of Jesus calling us to his mission to seek the lost. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. The mission has not changed. Not only do we seek the scattered, lost, and strayed from the church, we also continue to reach those that have never come into the church. Our mission must be steeped in gratitude for what he has done for all of us as we obey his voice to spread his light to the nations and peoples. This brings us to the last area we see our good shepherd working for us after we've been rescued, that he provides nourishment, rest, and refuge from the ravages of this wicked world. Verses 13 and 14 of our Old Testament lesson state, And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. Verse 15 continues, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. We are blessed as the children of God, as the sheep of his pasture. He cares for all of us in every facet of our lives, even when we're scattered, lost, or strayed, and he brings us back. It is to full restoration with all the benefits he gives his church. The church as Jesus gives us as a place of refuge. As the end of our psalm states, blessed are all who take refuge in him. When we refuse the refuge of Christ and his church, we refuse his blessings. In this world, as our epistle outlined, we need the full breadth of what Jesus provides us. As verse 19 of the epistle states, For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. And verses 21 and 22, But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Jesus Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example, so that you might follow in his steps. With the reality of facing this sinful world that is bent on attacking God's people, we need his nourishment, his rest, his refuge. Our formal worship gives us one such place, a place of, rush, of refuge, of rest, of nourishment. We are not made to go on and on in the good fight in this world without stopping to rest and so forth. We as the church are called to follow in the steps of our blessed Savior in this world. Part of following in his blessed steps is also how he worshipped when he was upon this earth ministering to us 
that he worshiped in the synagogues, that he worshiped in the temple. We follow in these steps when we come to worship in the church, gathered with his people to be fed and rested in him. All of this points forth to the promise of his return and our resurrection to join him for eternity. No matter what we face in this world through scattering or while seeking to search for the lost and the scattered, we know he is our rest. He is our joy eternally. Through all we face, he is our good shepherd, guides us and protects us from the aims of our enemy to try to pull us away from his gracious favor forever. On this Sunday, in our church calendar known as Good Shepherd Sunday, let us be thankful for all that he has done for us and continues to do for us. Let us take this all to heart, to be nourished at this time and strengthened at this time, to be able to go forth from this place, to continue to proclaim the gospel to the lost, to the scattered and the strayed. All of this is only possible by his grace of the Holy Spirit to enable us to love in the love of Jesus Christ in a world that shows no pity, no mercy, no love, and no forgiveness. Let us be grateful for his work and his love for all of us. In our gratitude, let us grow in him together today as we worship to go forth from this place to his glory to preach the gospel to all we encounter, and to continue to pray, seek, and wait on the Lord for those that are lost, strayed, and scattered. Amen.